1: You see the green and yellow branding if you're watching on YouTube, but if you're listening, this is news to you. Today is a crossover episode. We're going to get you set for the Orlando Magic's Mexico City game against the Atlanta Hawks with Brad Roland of Locked On Hawks. Get to learn about the Magic's inverse team, so to speak. So, bienvenidos a Locked On Magic. Let's get to it. You are
2: Locked On
1: Magic, your daily Orlando Magic
2: podcast.
1: You are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is November 8th, or will be November 8th, because I'm probably publishing this early, 2023. My name is Philip Rosenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. You, of course, follow me on Twitter at underscore omd On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we're going to chat with Brad Roland of Locked On Hawks, get the skinny on one of the Orlando Magic's division rivals, the first Eastern Conference team the Magic will face this season. Uh, and more about this upcoming game in Mexico City for the Orlando Magic. We'll talk about what has made the Hawks successful this year, what has made the Magic successful this year, and how these two teams match up. It is a great conversation, so stay tuned for it. Before we we do any of that, though, we want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day, no matter when you listen to us, whether it's first in the morning, whether it's right when we upload. We truly appreciate you making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. Remember, there's a great Locked On podcast covering every single team in the NBA. Just search for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit fanduel.com slash Locked On to get started. Before we get to Brad... Just a couple of quick things that I want to talk about. The Orlando Magic uh, and the Atlanta Hawks traveled to Mexico City on Tuesday. No practice on Tuesday. Magic just traveled, get acclimated. They'll have, uh, I believe they're scheduled to practice on Wednesday, as well as do NBA Cares events. So a lot to get to before we get to Thursday's game. This is a pretty unique opportunity, although Orlando has been to Mexico City plenty of times, including playing a pair of home games against the Chicago Bulls and Utah Jazz back in the 2019 season. I believe it was December 2018. Um, but the Magic, they're no one on that Magic team. You know, only, only Jonathan Isaac's on that. Jonathan Isaac was on that team, so it's not like the Magic have some advantage. Um, obviously, we're still kind of reeling a little bit from Monday's loss, and I just want to give a couple quick notes from from that game. Just now that we've had the chance to decompress and think a little bit about the game itself. Looking back at the numbers, the Orlando Magic did a good job getting open threes. Uh, they were one for sixteen for threes uh, in the second half, according to NBA.com's shot tracking data, the Magic took all 16 threes with the closest defender four or more feet away. 10 of those 16 threes were wide open. The Magic were one for six from with, with the closest defender four to six feet away. The Magic were 0 for 10 in the second half with the closest defender six or more feet away. This is to say that, yes, the Magic let go of the rope defensively. Yes, the Magic still had their chance to win late in the game, trailing by two with five and a half minutes to play before they gave up a 9-0 run that put the game out of reach and frustration for everybody took over. That is the stuff they have to improve on. The poise, the composure, the maturity to close out games. The shooting, though, is going to come. This is not going to be a great shooting team. They're going to miss shots. But the Magic's ability to get good looks is a positive thing. And and that is just, frankly, something that is probably an outlier for this team and for this game. So as the Magic get ready to face a very high-powered offense in the Atlanta Hawks, they are going to have, you know, as they get ready to face a, a very high-powered offense in the Atlanta Hawks, they have to continue to have faith in their shots. They will get the free throws. They will get the offensive rebounds. These are the key ingredients to the Magic' success. They can win the paint. And if they do that, they will have a chance to win more games than not. And, and at this point, that's all this team is looking for. Orlando failed to kind of keep their cool, keep their composure, keep their defense as they were missing these really easy looks. And I think that lack of confidence did cascade a little bit. But now the Magic have a chance for a new game and a new opponent. And the Atlanta Hawks are going to be a fun team to face. These are two teams that should be in competition for a spot in the play-in tournament, if not something more. A very big game, a very big kind of standalone game in Mexico City. So without further ado, let's chat with Brad Roland of Lockdown Hawks to get the lowdown on the Atlanta Hawks. And we are now joined by our friend from Locked On Hawks, Brad Roland. Brad, Brad, uh, hola, Uh, come (laughs) esta? I don't know if that's okay to do. Am I, am I cool to do that?
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know. I mean, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna pass on speaking Spanish, which I have not done since <laughs> like sixth or seventh grade. But uh yes, happy to be here, happy to talk to you, and uh a standalone game between two southeast division teams that's happening at 9 30 p.m. eastern time because of course
1: it's yeah, because a central time zone and, and and all that, and and happening in Mexico City in the middle of a four-game magic homestand. You know, it's it's it the, the NBA and and I think this is the magic's fault. So I I will I I will take the blame for this <laughs> happening or my, my franchise the franchise i am uh, ostensibly representing i will we will take the blame the magic like to get out get out around the world i, I think visit orlando is is the title sponsor of this this magic focused international series which included the Flamengo game in the preseason but so apologies uh sorry hope everyone <laughs> enjoys mexico city as i told everyone uh, before they left uh, at the game at the game monday night please don't get sick this time. Nobody gets sick on the, on these international trips. That seems to be the annual thing when the magic go overseas. Um, but Brad, we actually have, I think a really, really interesting game and a really, really interesting matchup developing between the Orlando magic and the Miami heat or not between the Orlando magic and the Atlanta Hawks. I want to get to taking down the Miami heat, which is the <laughs> ultimate goal of all of society is to, to, is, to destroy the, is to destroy the heat and topple the statue of Pat Riley. Um, but, uh, Let's, let's start here. You know, it's, it's obviously too early to say anything is real or or 100% real, but how would you describe the Hawks' season
0: so far? Yeah, I think it's gone fairly well. You know, if you had caught me... I'd say. Uh, probably sim- <laughs> pl- similarly to how you're probably feeling right now, if you had caught me before the game on Monday, it would have been even better. Um, the Hawks lost Monday, as did the Magic. But uh, yeah, I, I think that it's gone fairly well. Certainly, uh, the vibes are very... Good in comparison to previous, probably probably the previous two years for the Hawks. New new coach, even though he came in last year, it's it's the kind of still the full clean slate, full full new staff, no big injuries. Knock on wood at this point in time, that kind of stuff. Like it, it's all going well. They're not playing perfectly as you might expect this early in the season. There's still stuff to figure out. Um, rotations are different, all that all that stuff. But I think that um, the proof of concept has kind of been. Lingering, you've kind of seen what they're preaching. Um, they're buying in, which I think is very important for a team that had some high highs in the previous regime. But now I think Quinn Snyder is a different guy and a different coach and a different mindset. And everyone seems to be on the same page. Of course, they're four and three. They're not seven and zero. Like they're not necessarily in in the mix for the number one seed. I wouldn't think this year, but they're certainly playing better and I think more like they want to be playing in the future.
1: Yeah, and and obviously this is a team that that has been to the playoffs year yeah the postseason year after year after year maybe not where they want to go you know obviously 2020 uh reaching the conference finals it was is a huge step and, and one that that's kind of the high that they've been chasing over the last last few or 2021 excuse me uh when they reached the conference finals um is it, certainly kind of the the high that they're chasing what impact ha- has Quinn snyder had on this team because yeah they brought him in at the all-star break they kind of got this ball rolling and kind of figured out who they wa- who they are late in that season to to get into the playing tournament. And, and, and everyone might forget this: they beat Miami on the road, on the road. Yep. to get the seven seed. Like this, this is a this is a battle tested team.
0: Yeah, and you know Quinn, I think to his credit. Was very complimentary of the previous staff, which he just inherited. Like he he came he came by himself at the beginning. and was with the previous staff, which is very very strange. Like it was a I'll, I'll save the long spiel. That was a very bizarre situation. The him a high profile guy getting hired mid season on a team that was still trying to win has basically never happened that late in the year. It was like unprecedented. George Carl sport. with the
1: Kings, maybe. Yeah, but even that Mike that Malone, was that was yeah. earlier. There was yeah. there,
0: there were similar ones, but as far as I could tell, going back a long way. It was the it was the latest a guy of his stature had come in in a season for a team that was still trying. So it was like very interesting. Anyway, he did admit, though, over the summer and in particularly in advance of training camp that he couldn't put his stuff in last year. They were kind of just trying try to keep the, the train on the tracks, little tweaks here and there. And then he finally had this opportunity this this summer and then this fall to kind of put his, his, his system in and. What I would describe it as sort of in its shorthand is it's much more modern. The Hawks are taking more threes and they're getting to the rim more. It's less mid-rangers. That's kind of the easy shot profile stuff. They're also just playing faster. This is a team that has, you know, lightning fast pace so far, especially in transition frequency. Like they're up near near the top of the league. I think they are number one, I believe, right now in how fast they are playing. Um, And, like, it's basically – Quinn ball is the way that I would say more, more ball movement, more player movement, less stagnation. The previous regime, Nate McMillan kind of believed in mismatch hunting it was a very old school approach. And I don't, I don't say that necessarily in a negative way. It did work. As you mentioned a couple of years ago, it worked, it worked very well, but it's a whole new system. And um, they kind of got a lot of side eyes from people when they didn't really change a lot this summer, because, and look, I get, I get why when you're not great, your first round exit. And then all you do is kind of make your team worse on paper by training John Collins for, for basically nothing. People are like, well, what are they doing? And it's like, well, they're just they're just trying to see what Quinn's going to do. Quinn was their big offseason acquisition, and they're playing that way. Like, they're obviously Jalen Johnson's breakout. is also uh, something we talk about if you want to. But I think that's really what it came down to is that they believed more in what this group could do talent wise than they had played at the previous two years. And I think we've already seen a little bit of that so far. But like, the formula on this team is the top five offense. That's what they were two years ago, even when they weren't that good. And like an okay defense, you know, this is an offense first team. And I think we kind of already started to see like, they're already a top five, six offense right now, despite not shooting the ball that well, which is a positive.
1: Yeah. And, and like, that's, that's the formula. Like, you know, I think I've talked about this on my show, like Steve Clifford, when he was here in Orlando, used to always say our goal, your goal is any team. If you're just trying to make the playoffs and, and figure out how to grow, if you're top 10 in offense or defense and top half of the league in the other you should be in the playoffs. And, and, and that's obviously a simplistic goal and a simplistic way of looking at things. If you're top 10 in both, you're a pretty good team. You're, you're probably going to be advancing pretty far. So, you know, at a, at, a certain, at a certain extent, especially as you're trying to come together and, and try to figure out your identity and, and let's be real, rebuilds of any type. And I don't think the Hawks are rebuilding, so to speak, they're kind of reloading it's a multi-year project. It, it very rarely happens like instantaneously. Like you have to like kind of figure some things out. And you know, we'll talk about the magic. The magic are kind of loading up, especially on defense, and they'll figure out the offense later. It feels like Atlanta, and, and this is probably how it's felt the last few years, I think, with Atlanta, they're loading up on that offense. And obviously they should. Trey Young is their their best player and and is not viewed as a great defender. They added DeJounte <laughs> Murray, who is you know, also a fantastic offensive player. That that is who they are, and, and and it's a lesson in really maxim maximizing that. You mentioned the Jalen Johnson thing because, I, I you know at least when I was going through my predictions and my thoughts on this team, like I, I thought Quinn Snyder was going to make the team better. He's too good of a coach not to make this team better. But I kind of had them just like treading water because I I felt losing John Collins was a big deal and and was. You know a curious thing, especially not getting anything of value in return. That's that's a big gap to lose. How have the Hawks kind of filled that, filled that role, filled that gap, or, or how has that changed how they attack offensively? Probably for the better at this point,
0: yeah. And I'll say, like, I am kind of known, especially locally, as, as a pretty big John Collins guy. I think he's a good player, I think that, that's a notable loss. But sneakily, you know, they acquired Sadiq Bay last year at the deadline for don't need to tell us about him yeah for just draft capital (laughs) and that kind of allowed them some flexibility because now they have this guy who they could reasonably start at the fourth they needed to and he has a little bit this year and then they had this more high upside guy with jalen johnson who hadn't played a lot but a guy they liked in the draft and uh, was a former five-star prospect all that stuff but you know johnson I think Hawks fans, as you might imagine, are getting maybe a little bit carried away with Jalen Johnson right now. I mean, just a small amount because like you're getting comparisons to like stars, like established star players. It's okay. let's just take a breath. But he's playing. He's playing great. That was a great pick. I loved it at the time. And what he really unlocks with them is that for the longest time, the Hawks have been playing this front court of DeAndre Hunter, John Collins, Clint Capella. And those guys are all solid players in their own respects, but none of them. Are plus passers or ball handlers or facilitators. So they were kind of stagnant up front. It was a lot of trade It kind of had to be. But what Johnson brings them, he's not a great shooter, but he's got a lot of ball skills. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't call him a point four, but he's certainly comfortable in the short roll. He can run. Actually, he could probably run a pick and roll as a ball handler if you wanted to. So that just, it's just more, di- more dynamic. I would say he's also really, he's really, really long, athletic as well. So without going into the long spiel, like he just unlocks some stuff they didn't really have before. Skill set wise, and then if they want to go a little bit more with shooting, they can go with Bay at the four. They're just more versatile than, they, than they've been in previous years. Again, that's not a shot at Collins. Collins was probably miscast playing next to a true set or what they couldn't shoot like Capella anyway. So now they just have more versatility. And yeah, their, their depth t- took a hit with you know losing John Collins for nothing is not great. But when you have a guy and Johnson that has super talent plus Bay as sort of a stopgap, like really quality rotation forward, it kind of gives you options.
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, the kind of player that Jalen Johnson is, you know, I'm, I'm sure the magic looked at him. I don't remember exactly where, where he fell and fell in that fell in that draft, but like, you know, that's like the whole philosophy of what the magic are doing is let's get some big ball handling, you know, some ball handling forwards and have them be be attackers and have the, and have everyone capable of even bringing the ball up the floor and initiating the offense um, before we kind of flip it, flip things over and move on to, to where the magic are at. How you know year two of the the Trey Dejounte pairing? I think people expected it to kind of hit the ground running last year. You know it, everything takes time, especially a partnership that's that that different. You know Trey having to play a little bit more off the ball, perhaps because Dejounte can attack and take some of that burden off of him. You know Dejounte doing the same doing the same with Trey. H- how does that pairing look in year two compared to year one?
0: It is looking better. You know I I, I said this a lot over the summer. They weren't bad when they played together last year, but they weren't as good as that pairing needs to be. Like, if, they, if your two best players are not winning their minutes by a lot, you're in trouble, basically, is what I would say when they're playing together. Um, the worst part about that pairing, actually, last year was that the whole theory of the case was part of it was that Murray was supposed to lift the second unit because they've had this long chronicled issue with playing without Trey. They've just always been awful with Trey off the floor. And that didn't actually help last year. Murray's, Murray without Trey didn't work. But I think Cider has been more creative and having them play off of each other. They're interacting more on the court. It's, it's a little bit less your turn, my turn. And it's not a perfect pairing. I think even they would probably admit that on true serum. Like, these two guys are not, like, designed in a lab to play together. But I think that they've already started to kind of show the signs of what they can be on offense. And then defensively, like, yeah, they're, they're kind of small. Murray's not probably as good as, on defense as, as he used to be in San Antonio pre-injury, all that stuff. But um, it's enough there with the way that Murray's playing defensively and Murray's been playing really well early, early on actually sneakily Trey has not shot the ball well at all to this point, but to have these results with Trey, not doing that. And you kind of the proof is, con- the concept is, is there. I think they're just starting to trust each other more. Not necessarily like I don't that, that, that sounds negative. I don't mean it to be negative. They were already kind of bought into each other, but they're playing off of each other. It's not just stand like one guy over here, one guy over here and line up and kind of play iso ball or click and roll. They're actually running actions with them. Both Trey's moving more off the ball. And I think it's starting to look better than it ever has.
1: Yeah. And, and that, you know, that's one thing that, that we could say about Snyder Snyder is really creative offensively. Like I yeah. like that, that is, that is, you know, not that Nate McMillan was a poor coach. <laughs> he didn't, he didn't, you know, he like, I, I'm a big believer, you know, and this is coming from a guy who had Steve Clifford as the head coach for, for three years. Yep. Coaches are like players. They, they kind of have ceilings. They, they have roles in the development process. Like Steve Clifford was a, Steve Clifford and Nate McMillan are the same type of coach. They focus on the very, very basic things. You get very, very good at the basic things. That gets you into the playoffs, but does that help you get to the sec- to the first round, to the second round, to, to, to the conference finals? Um, though, you know, Dave, they both of those guys have had long, successful careers of just getting to the playoffs. Maybe sneaking a play, you know, McMillan more than Clifford, sneaking a playoff series here or there, but making making more out of their talent to get to get to the playoffs, but not necessarily maximizing that talent. And you know, Quinn Snyder, obviously. With the jazz didn't quite get over the hump completely, but he turned those Utah jazz teams into juggernauts that, that were Western conference contenders. And, and obviously the playoffs are a different animal. And, and, and I, I definitely want to kind of circle back uh, to that notion because I think both the magic and the Hawks, you know, this, this game on Thursday is going to mean something come April. I, I, I think it, these are, these are two teams that are going to be fighting for, I think, you know, for a lot of the same things, you know, maybe at different levels, maybe the Hawks are, you know, I I would anticipate the Hawks are maybe a little bit ahead um, just because they're veterans. They, they got guards who can actually shoot. Um, Then, and the magic are still a young team kind of figuring things out. Um, But, but it's, it it definitely feels like there's a higher ceiling for what Atlanta can become, especially as, you know, kind of the next wave of, the next move happens. And then, you know, maybe Orlando and Atlanta are, are, Teams that are going to be involved in, in kind of the next big round of trade carousels. Let's take a quick break for our conversation with Brad Rowland to talk a little bit about our friends from Prize Fix. Look, a lot of these daily fantasy games are confusing. They're frankly meant to be confusing. Like, why is this player worth this much in the salary pool? What are points? I don't know what points are. I follow the magic. We haven't scored points in a decade. That's why it's confusing. So take out the confusion and play a fantasy game that you can actually win. PrizePix is the most fun you will have, winning up to 25 times your money this basketball season. You can even combine entries with football too. So you can make your Sundays that much more fun. You can even there's actually even little uh group special leagues that combine football and basketball stats to add even more excitement to your sports watching to your sports watching every day. Prize picks gives you the best opportunity. All you have to do is pick more or less in the projected numbers and you win if if you get your 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 picks right. That's that they're still that part of the game. Prize Picks is the best daily fantasy game that I have played. I play it reg- regularly. I won't say I play it every day, but I play it regularly. And Prize Picks gives you such a great chance to win. I win regularly. That's that's the best part. Those other daily fantasy games, you don't win regularly. You're just hoping to make your money back. With Prize Picks, you actually have the chance to win and win big. It doesn't take very much to put together an entry of your picks of more or less than the projected numbers. So, go to prizepix.com slash locked NBA and use code locked on NBA for a first deposit match of up to $100. Again, go to prizepix.com slash locked and use code LOCKEDONNBA NBA for a first deposit match of up to $100.
2: The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and locked on NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs.
1: I'll start. I'll start here then with Orlando. Yeah. Uh, the way the way I you know asking my own question to myself. Uh, the way <laughs> I would describe Orlando season so far is is promising and, and showing you know more maturity. Um. You know the Magic are still I think the fourth or fifth maybe sixth youngest roster in the league. So they're they're very very young. They're prone to still making mistakes. You know I think we saw frustration get the better of them Monday against Dallas. They they didn't quite know how to respond to a run or, or not getting calls or you know, shots not falling and and it turns out pretty good looks ended up not falling in that game, but there's definitely a, a more mature and more serious approach to the way this team is going about things. And you can see that, especially on the defensive end where, you know, where Atlanta's, you know, got the, all these offensive weapons and have become, you know, one of the elite offensive teams in the league, even after the loss to, to OKC on Monday, on Monday, Orlando, Orlando has really built itself into a defensive juggernaut. You know, I don't know what the stats were Monday. I haven't looked them up, but at least entering Monday's game, they led the league in deflections. Their whole their whole deal is they're just going to be really, really hard to play. They're going to be really, really pesky, and they're going to find a way to to turn that into offense for them. Uh, you know, they've got Paolo Banquero now playing at, at a higher level than he was earlier in the season, at least scoring wise they're trying to be very selfless and almost too selfless at times trying to keep up uh, keep everyone involved and get the best shot um and they're 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 a group that just knows how to play together and trust each other pretty well now the offense hits some 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 hiccups and that's when the magic run into some trouble but this is a team that that they think believe that they at least believe can keep themselves in games based off their defense and especially their defensive length and depth of length
0: yeah, I was going to ask you because, like, they're right now on paper, anyway, they're kind of inverse teams. You know, Orlando yeah. has the top five defense. And if we combine
1: uh, these two teams, yeah. like Trey DeJounte, Palo Franz, and you know, Wendell or Capella or Wendell or Kongru at center. And Wendell's hurt right now. So, so probably not him at this point. That's <laughs> that is a that is a championship level team right there.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's it's intriguing to me because, like, I, I won't act like I've seen every moment of the magic machine. That's that's not the, the, the beat that I'm on. But yeah, I mean, look, if you I've always thought this from the outside that, 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 that the defensive personnel has The chance to be quite good. I mean, I think they were what t- they were 10th or 11th last year after the all star break on defense. They were showing signs, their guards in particular. It's again the inverse of the Hawks, where the Hawks' perimeter defense has been pretty poor, um, for talent reasons a lot of the time. Whereas Orlando's guards, with the exception of maybe one or two, like they have some really high quality defensive guards on this roster, talent wise. And then you, the, the sheer size and bulk of of Palo, you got Franz, So I'm a Michigan guy, I've always loved Franz, like he can obviously guard. And I love Wendell. He's a, he's a local Atlanta product. So all those things, like I'm kind of bought into the defense. The question is, is the offense. And it's like, okay, how good can they be on offense? And again, it's not to make the comparison too many times, but it's the same question I have about the Hawks defense. It's like, okay, can they get to league average on offense would be the question for Orlando right now today on their offense. And I, I guess that's the question that you have to answer. And obviously that's more <laughs> big picture than when it comes to <laughs> Thursday's game. But I was starting to make some notes about Thursday's game and it's like, well, man, this is like undeniably uh, up and down. Like they're just kind of mirror images of each other in, in, in reverse and the turnover creation. The Hawks have always been great at taking care of the ball. Orlando forces a ton of turnovers. Like it's kind of all there for you.
1: Yeah. And, and, and to that point, like you mentioned, Atlanta's really good at getting out in transition this year. The magic are, I think tops in the league and stopping transition points yeah. this year, or they're, they're top, they're, they're top five in the league, at least in that, you know, Orlando has got to attack the offensive glass. And, you know, they, they were asking Jason Kidd about, about this on Monday, you know, he said their ability to attack the glass is as much about their guards jumping in for rebounds. Like Jalen Suggs will jump in for a rebound. Anthony Black is an, you know, he's a rookie, but he's an excellent rebounder. Uh, Cole Anthony is six, two, maybe he is an excellent rebounder for a guy his size and, and, and everyone gets involved on the glass, but they're able to do that and still not give up transition points and transition opportunities, which is a, a pretty, you know, at least, uh, you know, on paper, a contradictory thing to, to happen. Um, it's, yeah, it's 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 been you know I was you know th- this team defensively that was kind of the the hope that they gave last year they they went 29 and 28 uh, after December 7th which is when the season began last year um, they were se- they were seventh in the league in defensive rating uh, over the final 57 games and that includes essentially three games where they tanked so th- there is you know 57 games is not nothing you know no. at this at this point like the Magic sitting I know they were. Second in the league in defensive rating, entering last night's game, entering Monday's game. Monday was their worst defensive performance of the season. So they're probably like third, fourth, or fifth at this point. It's too early in the season, you know, to say that these numbers are real and that any number is real. You know, Jamal Mosley even said he doesn't look at the numbers till like game 20. But you get 57 games. That's uh, you know, almost two-thirds of the season. That tells you something's real. And it and it feels like the magic really committed and training camp and and with their personnel to be really strong defensively. Like they, they committed that, Hey, we are going to be disruptive. You know, they want Jalen Suggs, you know, shooting the gap for steals and they'll trust that they can fill in while he scrambles back because that, that dude is a maniac. Who's going to do whatever, (laughs) going to be, you know, Jalen Suggs is a chaos agent. You'll see him on Thursday. You know, he is just going to get into, get into everything like that. The dude, the dude is, yeah, I'm always worried he gets he's has got to get hurt because of the injury history with him, but also because he will throw his body anywhere he needs to throw it to to get to get the basketball on defense. Um, if he could hit a shot here or there, that that would that yeah. would change a lot of things. And and obviously, like that's the big weakness, you know, that the favorite stat, you know, now that now that my Steve Francis stat is gone, uh, my favorite my uh, for Hawks fans listening, my Steve Francis stat was before Paolo Bencaro last year. The Magic did not have a non-center average twenty points per game in a season uh, since Steve Francis in two thousand five. That um, is a fantastic stat. I have yeah. Nikola, Dwight Howard and Nikola Dwight Howard and Vucevic both got there, but but Jameer Nelson was nineteen point nine in twenty in two thousand nine. Kito Turkle was nineteen point nine in two thousand eight. So there's a few close calls, but but Paolo got to five, five six or seven I think to last year to, to to officially eclipse twenty points per game. Um, so maybe that's, that stat still is relevant. But the new favorite stat now that that I'm I feel confident their Magic are going to break this year, but it, 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 it still looks shaky. Orlando's not had an offense outside the bottom 10 in the league since 2012, since Dwight Howard left. Yep. And that is the absolute biggest key to their success. You know, why did the Magic lose to Dallas on Monday night? They shot one for 16 on threes uh, in the in the second half. They shot seven for 11 in the first half, built a 15-point lead. You know, we all kind of, I, th- I think I sat there in halftime. time was like, that's probably not going to last. So, you know, Dallas came back on Charlotte the night before. This is what they do. They shoot one for 16, all 16 threes, at least according to NBA.com stats. The closest defender was no more than four feet away. 10 of them, the closest defender was no more than six feet away. At the end of the day, you got to make shots. And, and that is the challenge for this Orlando Magic team is, can they hit enough shots, especially to make, Defenses respect their shooters enough to give Paolo and Franz the room to get into the paint because a lot of the really good defensive teams, they got five guys with a foot in the paint and they're they're just daring Paolo, Paolo to, to try and make something happen. They can't call every foul.
0: Yeah, I was actually making notes about this matchup for a written thing I was doing. And uh, I noticed that stat that you just gave about the offensive rating. It's by the way, it also mirrors their effective vehicle percentage, which is just the shooting. I mean, they're, I I was looking at unclean in the glass. I'm not sure how familiar everybody's with that, but if you're in the blue unclean in the glass, that's not good. And there's a lot of blue in the shooting departments for Orlando for about a decade now. So it's, it's not a, um, it's just, and look, it, personnel wise you can see why i mean their their guards are not great shooters for the most part And i mean obviously they're trying to invest there uh, a little bit more but you know you know paolo being their best player not a great shooter at this point in time like it's pretty obvious to see why that is but um it is a you know, it's a make or miss league in a lot of ways look the hawks are awesome on offense they just had a night on oklahoma city on monday where they couldn't make a shot and that's why they lost i mean it was literally they dominated the game possession battle all that stuff but in the end that one shooting category is the biggest one and if you don't make shots and your opponent does you're not going to win very often so
1: yeah they so as Atlanta, not making shots, they still, still scored like what? 114.
0: Yeah. Points? I mean, the, 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 the baseline is a little <laughs> bit higher for their offense, but again, this is a, and I think Orlando, you, you talked about it already, but they know it seems like, like from what you just laid out, they know that they're a defense first team. And like, everyone likes to say that they're a defense first team. I think every coach would like to say that, but deep down teams know, like the Hawks know that they're an offense first team. Um, and it's Orlando's the opposite. And that, that makes sense. Like you got to know what your personnel is. And um that path to orlando being a good team this year is just like be be okay on offense make make some more shots um win win, win on the margins possession battle stuff and this is a team that kind of has to win it seems like from the outside on a little on a little stuff cuz they're not going to be a great shooting team that's that's just not going to happen this year so it's everything else offensive rebounds the turnover avoidance yep. all that stuff that you have to win on
1: yep and and that you know like i was i was talking to some people today about that from the dallas game you know fresh in our memory so i apologize um magic <laughs> only had six offensive rebounds in that game they scored Fifteen second chance points. There's a lot of team rebounds on there, so that that explains some of the discrepancy between that. But you know, the Magic are a team that has to make up you know their lack of three point shooting with getting to the foul line, getting second chance points, limiting a points off turnover, limiting points off turnovers, limiting fast break opportunities, running when they can. Those are where you're right. That's you got you know they got to win that battle. Let's take another quick break so we can tell you a little bit about our friends over at FanDuel. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there is no better time to get in on the action than today. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over, unders, and more. I think if I've been looking at the site correctly, they even give you kind of an optional parlay list too. They, they, they cater picks to your very needs and to the very games that you are watching anyway. So visit FanDuel.com and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel is an official partner of the NFL.
2: The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama.
1: So let's turn to Thursday's game. You know, we're playing in Mexico City. It is, altitude is going to be a factor in this game, I think. Um, What is the biggest key for you in this game?
0: Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned altitude because... I thought about it, and then I hadn't thought about it a lot until the last day or so. And you know, for those who don't know, Mexico City's altitudes is is higher than Denver. Like it's going to be. Than it's uh, it's a, and granted, they gave both teams two days off, which is probably smart before this one.
1: Having but, having said that, they're all. They, you know, I know Orlando flew up there to Tuesday. Yeah. Um, i'm sure atlanta did too because they, they all got they all got nba cares events on wednesday yes. so wednesday's, they're be busy. wednesday's a busy day
0: yeah they'll be busy but, but they're not going to be running this i mean they'll maybe yeah. they will run a little bit of course i think but, the magic
1: are scheduled to practice
0: yeah and i think the hawks will too it's just that um i'm not sure how it's gonna play with the hawks honestly because atlanta for the most part is playing an eight-man rotation which is kind of crazy for a team that has yeah that's decent stupid. health right now like they're playing nine most nights but it's like Eight and a half, like a guy's playing five minutes and then the rest of the guys play 20 plus. So I don't know if that's going to lead to Snyder expanding the rotation or what. Maybe the guys just play a little bit less at the top end minutes. Um, that's a big TBD on the uh, on the elevation. But I, I have to ask you, I mean, without without Wendell Carter, I know this is not the first time this has happened, unfortunately, for Orlando. That he's going he's to he's be out. I'm, I'm circling that because. I was really already kind of flagging, especially the the ball security as kind of maybe a pivot point because Orlando has been so good creating turnovers. The Hawks have been pretty good taking care of the ball, but not as good because they're playing faster. The Hawks are playing faster now than they ever have. And that's going to lead undoubtedly to more turnovers. It's not, it's a little bit less of just Trey young playing slow and operating, um, which is usually probably a good thing, but it's going to be more turnovers. So for me, it's like the possession battle is the key. That's that's kind of a cop-out answer, but it's like, okay, can the magic Box out the Hawks, who've been great on the offensive glass this year, um, and can the Hawks protect the ball against Orlando and their defense? That's yeah, that, that's where that's where the game swings for me.
1: Yeah, I, I think I think you're right there. I think I think pace, even in terms of just the way pace is measured on all yeah. the stat sites, possessions for 48 minutes. Like Atlanta's a team that wants to run. Orlando is. I think they're still. They might have changed a little bit. but I think they're still in the bottom half of the league in pace. Even, you know, at the first for the first few games, they've been bottom five in the league in pace. Like they're trying to limit possessions a little bit or, or play, you know, not necessarily slower. They still play fast. They still and in, invite a little chaos, but their goal defensively is to make you eat up a lot of shot clock, disrupt, disrupt you and make you kind of have to grind your way through a game. And so they want these longer possessions. And, you know, to, to your point about the altitude, you said Atlanta wants to, wants to run, run faster, run faster. And so this altitude may slow them down. I'm a a little concerned with the altitude that Orlando, because they play at such kind of like a breakneck defensive pace, almost mm. that they're flying around. They're trying to they're trying to, to to get contests. They're trying to get these deflections. That Orlando could tire themselves out a little bit defensively, and and you know maybe lose something on on the backside backside a little bit. I mean it's it it's just it's just this great unknown to how these two you know pace affects everyone at, 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 all times. Um, you know, Orlando has been running, still running a nine man rotation, even with all their injuries, you know, Jonathan Isaac sat out Monday's game, Caleb Houston stepped into his minutes, you know, Goga Batadze has been stepping into Wendell Carter's minutes. Um, you know, Anthony Black stepped into Gary Harris's minutes and Marco Fultz's minutes at this point. Um, it's, it, it's hard to, it's hard to say how it's going to affect everyone, uh, just because, you know, it, it's, it's, it, it is this great unknown and it's something I think both coaches are going to manage. You know, I, I'd want to give Orlando a little bit of an edge on depth, but it's also a lot of it's unproven with Orlando. We don't know if Isaac's going to be ready to go. Isaac's is always just kind of day to day. <laughs> I I'm, I'm highly doubtful Gary Harris will play. He's got a strained right groin. Um, he, he's relatively close to coming back. He's missed about, a, uh, he was, he got injured last Thursday. Um, you know, he's doing some stuff on the court, but I, I find like, bringing a guy back from an injury on um, in altitude like this is probably not the best idea. Um, but it's the magic still trust their depth and they still try, you know, Anthony black has stepped in and played fantastic. And so it, it's it, to me, I, I think this game is going to come down to who controls the tempo. Like, like let's throw out the pace and the possessions for 48 number 48 minute numbers. That's not what coaches talk about when they talk about pace. It's who is controlling the tempo of the game. Like who, who is dictating how fast the teams play? Like, I, you know, the Magic want to run too, but they want to run under their control. They don't want to be running because they're going back and forth or because they're trading shots. They want to be running because their defense is setting things up. Whereas Atlanta, I'm sure, wants to be running because they're getting the ball out and they're just going. And, and, and they, you know, they're trying to catch the defense before they can get set. And, and that's, and that's kind of the tempo that's going to control this game.
0: Yeah, and I think that's a good point in general, and it's one of those stylistic contrast things that we've already talked about. These are just two different, two very different teams that are, you know, in some ways similar, but some most of the ways not so similar. And I think the Hawks do want to play fast; they want to take more threes, and um, I think they'll be both teams will be energized. They, They both lost. How much you would have put on that? I think there's it's probably overblown a little bit in the NBA, honestly. Like how much teams are fired up to play once they lose or whatever, but. Um, I think that this is a big – it's a big standalone spot. Both teams should be focused. Obviously, we, we don't know who's going to play and who's not going to play at this – when we're recording right now. But the Hawks don't really have a lot of uncertainty injury-wise. They have two guys that are not going to play, Kobe Bufkin, Wes Matthews, and nobody else that I know of is battling anything. So it's like we kind of know who's going to be there. It's just where the Hawks go deeper into their bench because they have to. Like, do you guys want to play 38-7 minutes in Mexico City? I, I don't know, especially, especially trying to play fast. Like, I do, I do anticipate kind of a battle for tempo, like you laid out. I – especially early on, you probably see some guys grabbing their shorts more often than they usually do in the first quarter. Um, that initial, uh, you talked to me, a player I'm sure you have too. When, when you go, to, when they go to go to Denver or Utah or any of those places, that are a little bit higher. It's that first wave where you can't yeah. get your breath and you can't replicate that unless you're playing in a game. So like, we'll see maybe a little bit shorter, shorter rotations too, as far as like guys not playing 12 minutes in a row. I I know the Hawks have a couple guys that are used to playing 10, 11, 12 minutes. In, yeah. In a row. The, mag-
1: the magic start their games with power yeah. playing the first nine minutes of the first quarter. Like I, we'll, I don't we'll see, see that see. happening.
0: Yeah. yeah. M- maybe not. Yeah. So anyway, I I'm fascinated by, it. I think it's going to be two teams that are, and look the division thing, but you know, they, they've seen each other four times a year for a long time. They're obviously familiar with one another and um, extra emphasis. It's a standalone game. I mean, you and I don't get many of these nope. look <laughs> nope. how many how many flat out complete standalone games did the Magic and Hawks play every year not that many so should not be that uh, many. fun
1: I mean we get we get five games on on national television uh, including NBA TV this is number two for us uh, number yeah this is number two for us um seeing if there's a third one in there but number two for us and it's it's a big deal to be on this uh, on the stage and, and and to some extent even though it's it's just NBA TV I'm when they said the Mexico City game was there, I was like, oh, ESPN's got to be there or TNT's yeah. got to be there. Like, this is it, a big it's, promotional it's, thing. It's, it's a Thursday like, and they are
0: they are terrified of the NFL. I'll tell you that right now. They're I mean, the,
1: this it. week's NFL schedule is, is not good on national TV. But. So so come, come watch the Magic yeah. and the Hawks. I'm um, I, I want to end here because, you know, I, I know how I'm feeling uh, as, as someone covering a team that is thinking about breaking into the postseason and, and, and is thinking about, you know, what it takes to get to the postseason is there any thought about how this game plays into the bigger picture of the season? Like does, like it, it, it does, you know, being in play and chase or or having just even that small ambition, it does make every game feel a little bit bigger because the margins aren't that big. I know it's still super, super early in the season, but it does feel like there's a little bit of weight in this game because Orlando Atlanta, you know, we were both in the same grouping for, locked on for the lockdown ultimate NBA preview, um (laughs) which I was very happy to be in because I think I've I think I've been in the Tankers group for all but two years that we've done this. And today this was year two. Um do you see these two teams as being neck and neck when we get to to March and April?
0: I think they're in a relatively similar place. I do think the Hawks are maybe a half a half tier above the magic right now. And that's just because they're they're just more proven yeah, well, I agree. I, I do think Orlando has real talent, and I think they're also younger. They're in a different stage than the Hawks. I know the Hawks have been a little bit middling the last two years, but this is still a team that has been in the playoffs several consecutive seasons. They have expectations from the top, and I know Orlando was facing more of that this year as they sort of take their next step in their rebuild. But I just covered a rebuild four or five years ago, and it was different. Like the first couple of years when you're getting out of it, it's that progression. Whereas the Hawks have already kind of been not to the top, but they were in the conference finals. Like they're, they're kind of there. Yeah. And I think the Hawks are with Snyder and with this, with it, with this core, I would have had them a little bit ahead of Orlando. Um, I know we have a mutual um, uh, let's just say, I'm not even sure how to describe it about the Miami heat, but it is what it is. Um, we, we, I actually, we're,
1: go, we're going to topple the statue of Pat Riley. It's it, yeah. You know, I, I actually, they had that, they had that insufferable court that looked, yeah. that looked great, except for those words on the court. And, and their record is exactly what it needs to be.
0: Yeah. I actually flat out, and I mean this, I, I picked the Hawks to win the Southeast this year. And part of that was that I'm not a Miami guy in the regular season. I will acknowledge their playoff yep. voodoo. Like that. I, I trust Spo. I trust Jimmy, but in the regular season sneakily last year, they just weren't, they just weren't that good. Um, no. And um, the Hawks are, look, they weren't that good last year either, but I, I trust Snyder. I think this is a Hawks team. that's probably going to win somewhere in the mid forties. I picked them in the mid to high forties and, I'm not saying Orlando can't get there. I wouldn't pick them quite there. I
1: I had Orlando. I I think my official prediction was 40, 40 and 42. I had them like 38 to 44 wins. Like they're, they're, they're going to go through growing pains. Like Monday's loss to Dallas was like major. This team is young. They didn't know, you know, Luca and Kyrie just ate them up at the end of the game. And Paolo and Franz aren't that level of player yet. Trait. Like if it's, if this is a close game, Trey Young is that level of player. Like the Magic saw it last year in, in, in that second game in Atlanta with when DeJounte Murray drew the, you know, Orlando had that wild comeback to come back in the game. DeJounte Murray drew the foul on Paolo and it was just like Paolo got rooked in, in a big moment and Murray hit the free throws, and that was that was it. That was the game. Um, that's that's kind of like that again, that's the level that these guys are at. DeJounte Murray and Trey Young know what they're doing. If it comes down to a late game situation, those guys are going to know what they're doing and the magic are better. I'm not going to say they're not, Yeah, they're still figuring it out. And, and this year, like to me, you know, Atlanta's goal this year is to solidify a playoff spot, solidify the kind of the bait, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, solidify yeah. the basics of what they're trying to build and figure out how they can build out. Orlando's Orlando is at the point of, we want to be playing competitive games and expose our players to winning pressure for the first time. And, and there's going to be growing pains with all of that.
0: Yeah, and that's very realistic and very level headed. And it kind of, you know, one game in the NBA, it's it's tough to, you know, have the same emphasis and in, in one out of 82. But if you extract all of that, like to a one game sample on a neutral court with no Wendell Carter, who's the best player who's not playing on these two teams, the Hawks are going to be favored in the game, I'd imagine. Corey and our friends at FanDuel, Absolutely. by the time tip off happens, the Hawks will be favored. They should be. Can the Magic win? Of course they can. I mean, it's not like it's going to be this, like, 15 point spread. It's not going to be that.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. But
0: I think the Hawks are the better team and on a neutral court with no Wendell, I, I would pick the Hawks to win, but I mean, it's uh, it's, it's going to be a tight
1: game. Like it's, yeah. it's, it's going to be a tight game. You know, again, I hate to say it for the magic. It's whether they come down, whether they make shots, like they, they're, that's, they're, that's they're, the NBA for
0: you, right? There. Their, <laughs> offense,
1: their <laughs> offensive rating out away from the Amway center is like one and oh, it's like 107, 108, something like that. And at least before the Dallas game, uh, through, at least through the first half of the Dallas game, it's like 120 something in Orlando at the Amway Center. So, you know, leaving the Amway Center is, is something this team's got to prove that a team like the Hawks, you know, the Hawks leaving State Farm Arena, they know how to play on the road. The Magic are still kind of figuring that out.
0: Yeah, makes sense to me. It'll, it'll be fun. Uh,
1: it'll be fun. Yeah, Brad. And the best part is, Brad, we got at least three more of these games after Thursday. Maybe a fourth in the in-season tournament. Who knows? Um yeah, but maybe. maybe more when we get into April. It's it, it, this is a fun little rival. We would even talk about Paolo and DeJounte burying the hatchet. Oh and, yeah. And quietly burying the hatchet. Who knows quietly. if that 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 beef is is still there? Um but Brad, <laughs> uh where, you know, for for my listeners, where where can everyone find you and and get ready for this game on Thursday?
0: Yeah, I am uh, at BT Roland on whatever that platform is called—Twitter or X, whatever it is. Uh, also <laughs> hosting lots on Hawks as you do uh, in in reverse. So uh, yeah, follow me there. I write for dime. I have a Patreon. All that you can find me on on that Twitter is the best place to find me. Still, I'm calling it Twitter. It is what it is. I am, too. Subscribe, I am to the, too. subscribe to the podcast. Take that,
1: take that, Elon Musk. No, mine um, and yours. Both. Yeah, yeah. Um, as, as well, you could you could find me on Twitter uh, for those that want more magic thoughts at Philip R underscore OMD. I write for Orlando Magic Daily. Uh, so you can check that out at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. I also have a Patreon page, which I'll, I'll pimp separ- separately, but you can find the link in my bio. Uh, and of course, listen to Locked On Magic if you want to follow the magic uh, the rest of the season. Um, Brad, it was great. It was great catching up with you. And uh, as always, we'll, we'll see you in the Eastern
0: Conference Finals. Thank you, sir. Enjoy the game on Thursday.
1: I want to thank Brad for coming on the show. You got our info uh, in in the close there. So I want to appreciate I appreciate him for coming on the show. Hopefully we will be talking more, maybe play in, maybe a play-in game, maybe in season tournament. I'm not joking about this stuff. I've been joking with magic staffers about it a little bit, but uh who knows? You never know. We could be seeing the Hawks plenty of times, and obviously we still get three more games against the Atlanta Hawks. Guaranteed. Uh, after this one on Thursday. Tip-off on Thursday is at 9.30 p.m. Eastern time. So just when you thought you were done with West Coast time, we are back on West Coast time in Mexico City. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Lockdown Magic. You can, of course, find me on Twitter at philipr-omd. Subscribe to the podcast and Apple Podcasts. Get your tune in the Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all of those all podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can, you can follow me also on Twitter at OrlandoMagic, at O-Magic Daily. And get, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. Also, be sure to check out my Patreon page, patreon.com slash orlandomagichub for more insights on the Orlando Magic, deeper staff dives, videos, plenty of fun stuff. We have a Discord page as well to try and initiate some conversations. Gives you full access to me to ask questions. And of course, we're still growing community there, so please... Feel free to not feel free to make suggestions for the kind of content you would like to see on the Patreon page. And I will do my very best to give it to you because that is why it is there. Thank you all for the support. I truly, truly, truly appreciate it. But that's gonna do it for me today. I wanna thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Lockdown Magic for Orlando Magic Daily and Lockdown Magic. This has been Philip Rossman right? We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Lockdown Magic.